Welcome to the PayFit Podcast. We believe that building a safe and inclusive environment where everyone is celebrated and listened to, regardless of their gender, sexual orientation, disability, or other characteristic, is fundamental for teams to thrive. This podcast series includes discussions with both internal and external guests, where we listen to their inspiring stories as they shed light on initiatives that contribute to positive change. Enjoy! Welcome to our new episode, dedicated to diversity and inclusion in the workplace. I'm Chelsea, the Diversity, Inclusion, and Culture Manager at PayFit, and I've invited Leah, Vice President of Design at PayFit, to talk about the diversity and inclusion actions she has put in place in her team. Leah, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, First, thanks very much, Chelsea, for giving me the opportunity to participate. Um, and so shortly, I'm Leah. I'm French uh, designer, Paris-based, uh, 37 years old, and I'm currently managing a team of uh, about 40, 45 people uh, in the design chapter. Thank you, Leah. Can I ask you, what motivated you to put in place actions around diversity and inclusion within your team? Yeah, sure. Um, so there are three main pillars that motivated me. Um, The first one is that as a design leader, um, I'm convinced that you cannot build a relevant product, a relevant customer experience. You can't answer um, properly true customers' problems if you have only people that are exactly the same in a team. So um, diversity is the number one key to be more innovative and to bring more creativity. Uh, So as a design leader, it's a non-brainer. Um, when I joined Payfit and had to build a team, by default, uh, I tried to identify what were the main biases we had on the project. We were like two French-oriented while we are a European project. So first it was about hiring people who are not French people in the team, those kind of examples. Um, and so, yes, so there is a first thing that is as a designer, if I want to make a good project, I need to have diversity in, in a team. The second thing is as a manager, um, Diversity and inclusion bring a lot of uh, benefits. Um, maybe we're going to detail that later, but briefly, um, it's, it helps us to attract more talents. Uh, you have way more opportunities to hire people when you are open to the worldwide and people with or without degree uh, coming from different social backgrounds or whatever. Um, it also has a true impact on the retention of the people. Uh, when you have more diversity in a team, people can, uh, they are complementary. So they can nurture each, each other, it creates some emulation, they can learn from the other and so on. So it allows people to belong longer in the team. And also as individual, you can see yourself like, there is diversity in this team, and so they hired me because I am who I am and I'm unique in this team, so I, it makes sense, I have a special value to bring. Um, or um, also it, it has a true impact on the team spirit and the excellence of the team. Uh, as I was saying, people will coach and mentor each other, so they will grow together. So as a manager, um, again, diversity and inclusion, huge benefits. And the, th- the last things um, that may probably is the most important to me, to, at least this is what led me to get interested in diversity and inclusion, is uh, due to my personal value. I'm a feminist and also intersectional, so intersectionality 
is about considering that people are complex and sometimes they can be at the intersection of different discrimination, like being uh, black and a woman, like uh, being Muslim and a non-valid person, or I don't know, gay and uh, having a host distinct syndrome, could be many things. People are complex and I am myself. So I'm white uh, woman, so definitely privileged due to my color skin. But I'm also a modernist. I'm a Jewish person. I'm a fat person. I'm a bisexual person. So there are many things that make me um, uh, different maybe in the environment. And I've been confronted mostly as a woman in tech industry to many discriminations, especially at the beginning of my career. So this is what led me to get interested in feminism and then feminism opened me to uh, get interested in m more than just the gender, but uh, it was about observing the domination uh, in the society and questioning, okay, what can I do on my side? Um, if I'm in a, in a company, is there anything I could do to contribute to a more inclusive, a more safe space work environment? Um, so it was it was the the starting point, and and then I discovered the more I was digging at that, the more I discovered that as a manager, as a leader, it has so many benefits. Thank you so much, Leah. It's it's really inspiring to hear you talk about kind of your own journey, uh, individually around diversity and inclusion, but also the impact that it's had for you as a leader. I also want to say I think your team is probably very lucky to, to have a, a leader and a manager like you because you're, you're so open and I think the, the way that you're able to kind of see each individual as a unique person probably also makes you a really good manager, really open, really empathetic, and able to kind of adapt each person. So good job. And <laughs> I don't know if I'm like this 100% of the time, honestly, but I do my best. <laughs> Very inspiring. Um, what, are, what were kind of the main actions you put in place and some of the challenges along the way? Yeah, so when preparing this episode, I was thinking about it. And it just, I just had more and more and more stories and anecdotes that came to my mind. And at the end, I was like, oh, damn, it was such a big journey. And I didn't, I never thought about it that way because I'm basically, I'm mainly um, focused on doing my job as a designer. And when I'm joining a company, then I try to identify where I can contribute regarding DNI. But, um, um, I when I made a kind of individual retrospective, I was like, damn, there were so many things. Um, and almost all the time when I were bringing action, there were backlash. Mm -hmm. So I tried to reconstitute that and, and I will follow my note because uh, it's a whole storytelling. So uh, um, I need, needed to structure it. Uh, but more or less how things started when I was an individual contributor at the very beginning of my career, um, so starting as a woman in startup industry, the first team I uh, worked with, I was almost always the only one designer in my, the only one woman in my squad, sometimes even in my tr entire tribe, sometimes in the entire open space. And so I faced many kind of discrimination, sometimes ordinary discrimination, just people interrupting me every time I was trying to speak, things like this. But sometimes it was more violent, especially like in after work when people were drunk or I saw some uh, things very toxic that happened in the, in the workspace. And what frustrated me the most was that I had the feeling that I was not recognized as as, um, as a valuable designer. I had the feeling that 
people people were attempting to minimize uh, my ideals, my thought, and so on. And um, and so I started to participate to, to some event, conferences, talk, meetup about design. And I thought, okay, if I have one opportunity to be visible, what could I do? Just to make a kind of wink to the community, just to say, hey guys, we started to open the door. Uh, I'm making a, a little hole, uh, uh, and and this is like I'm I'm here. I just wanted to have some visibility, and to show the rest of the people who were not the majority in the work environment that yes, we we exist. So I started by speaking in public with shirt with feminism slogan, like feminism, the radical notion that women are people, those kind of things. It was never an aggressive message. I never had messages such as kill all the men. Absolutely not. It was really just about, hey, we exist. We, we are human. We should be valued. And so I was like with rainbow flag on my shirts, all those kind of things. And, um, and it had an immediate black backlash. Uh, some um, guys in the open space came to me and say, you're not professional. This is politic. You're a designer. You represent the company. You can do that. And it was very interesting to see how just a T-shirt with just the word women are people were right on it was enough to shock my colleagues and my co-workers. And it goes quite far because they were to complain to my boss uh, until the point where it happened a few years ago that one of my uh, manager um, uh, uh, called me in a one-one, shut the door and just told me, now you stop with your feminist things. Don't talk about feminism any, any, um, uh, anymore. Uh, don't wear this kind of uh, clothes on stage. Even when it was events that I was doing on my free time, on my personal involvement in the communities. But uh, it, it, was, it, it was really seen as extremely politic. And um, many, many often when I was in the lunch or in an after work, some male colleagues were coming to me and confronted me. Uh, and I had to justify myself like if I was doing something wrong. But at the same time, I started to receive messages on LinkedIn from uh, women, black people, many kind of different uh, people from different backgrounds, but that were just not the majority I was seeing in tech, writing me, hey, girl, continue, keep going on. This is so cool. Finally, we're visible. And it was encouraging me to go further. Uh, so it, I started just with small actions like that. And then I was like, okay, what can I do more to contribute to, to the community? So I started two things, internally and externally of the company. Internally, I was like, okay, from the bottom, it's not enough. Most of the time when we try to say something as women, immediately people come to us and say, you're hysteric, you are just angry feminist, you, you, it's a lie, you hate men, those kind of things. So it was way too, um, Clivant is the word in French. I, I don't know how to say it in English, but... Uh, it controversial. Controversial. So I was like, okay, it's a company culture thing. So if I want to have an impact on the company culture, then it has to go from the top. So I went to the leaders of companies I was working with, and sometimes they were highly, and sometimes they were not. So I had more or less... Any kind, many different kind of strategy that I saw. Um, there are those who just don't believe me, 
were like, okay, you are too um, paranoid, come on, Leah, calm down, and so on. Uh, there were those who were basically trying to mute uh, uh, me and say, don't talk about it, it does not exist, say nothing. They were also, and this is maybe the worst, those who bullshit you, the one who say, you, yes, you're right, diversity and inclusion is extremely important, it's matter to us, and there is no action. Women are still less paid than men in the, in the company. Um, and so whatever, it had no results. So it, for me, it was, uh, I was exposed, uh, I put a lot of energy, I tried to bring a change, and the result were almost zero, except that it increased my relationship with women at work. I think this, this was maybe the, the, the main benefits, but quite a low benefit. Uh, I had no impact on the company culture, I guess, or very low impact. Um, so externally, I tried other things. I was like, okay, I can't have um, an impact internally. Let's try externally. So um, I uh, started to work with Hexagon UX. It's a community, an international community of uh, uh, people that are trying to provide visibility to women and non-binary people in design. So it's coming from uh, women from Google, and now it's a worldwide community, and there are Hexagon UX chapters all around the world. So there is one in Paris. I joined them, and I started to organize and host uh, design events. And the, the principle is simple. We are truly talking about design. It's a pure design event, but on stage, we um, choose who's going to speak and who's going to be visible. And we try just to show different profile and to um, leverage women in their career. And to we, we did some empowerment workshops, uh, some, um, yeah, we, we did what we could to encourage uh, women and non-binary people in the community to uh, just uh, embrace their career, uh, kill their imposter syndrome, and go further. And um, uh, then at some point, as I was growing in my career, I couldn't um, be involved in both Hexagon UX and um, my, uh, my work, so I get out from the organization. But the, 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 the community uh, is still... Uh, uh, working in France and it's uh, working super well. Now they have cr they have created a mentorship program, and uh, every quarter they organize like 100 uh, people mentoring every quarter. So this is crazy what they are bringing today to, to the community. Um, and so on my side, uh, as I was growing in my career, the um, I, I was thinking, okay, maybe I can change an entire company myself, but at least at my level, as a manager, maybe if I have a team, I'll be free to do whatever I want. So this is where I think I invested the most actions. Um, and when I joined Payfit, this is where maybe there were the, the more possibilities for me. When I joined the company, uh, I was the very first uh, female in the global project team meaning project manager, designer, engineer. When I arrived the first day, uh, I arrived in the open space and there were like 60 people in the open space. And, and on, at my onboarding, they told me, okay, this is your team, okay. First table, men only. Second table, men only. Third table, men only. And I stopped at the middle of the open space and look at Mehdi, my colleague, and say, hey, Mehdi, where are the female? And he said, well, there is you. 
And I was like, wow, okay, I am really the first one. And I started because of the experience I had in the past to prepare myself to a lot of violence in the, in the workplace. I was like, okay, there will be a lot of work to uh, just um, uh, act against all the unconscious biases of my colleague. And in fact, uh, surprisingly, for the very first time since I was working in, in uh, technology, no one told me nothing about the fact that I was a woman. People were listening when I was speaking. I wasn't, um, uh, I was, uh, I was considered as a coworker, uh, and my gender was not even a topic. And I was like, how is it possible to have so kind colleague to be in a healthy environment, but still there is no diversity. Where is the blocker? So after one week uh, working at PayFit, I went to the founder and said, I have to ask the question. I'm in a trial period. Maybe they're going to fire me. But I have to understand, I don't get it. People are really kind at PayFit. It's a very care-bear uh, company. But at the same time, at the moment, there were literally no other women. And I'm just talking about gender. I'm not even talking about color skin. There were maybe two non-white people in the entire team. So I went to the founder and said, hey, where are the women? Uh, what's going on? And surprisingly, the CTO, at the moment, it was uh, one of the co-founders, Guilin, was super open-minded and told me, yeah, I know, it's a pity. And we don't know how to act with that. And so for the very first time, I was with um, uh, founders that was open to discuss about it, to uh, act on the company culture. And I was like, wow, finally, uh, it's possible. Um, and so they gave me the entire freedom to design my own team as I wanted. So I think this is where I had the biggest contribution. It was at my own level. For example, at PayFit, on term of action, we do to increase diversity. We don't look at degree. Uh, you can apply to join us if you are self-taught or if you are coming from a design school or if you uh, even wasn't, if you were not a designer at all in the past, it, it doesn't matter. Um, and we are looking for people who are very different from each other, different nationalities, different design approach. Some are more into UI design, some are more into UX research, so very different type of mindset. And so to do so, we strongly um, throw away many criteria we had to recruit to finally keep only um, two things is what are you able to do now? So we look at your portfolio or your project and it's just how do you design and what's your mindset? Um, and with this approach, we increase drastically the, the diversity in the team. I don't know what's the ratio, but I think there are still more women than men in my team. While on the market in project design, women are, represent just 30% of the designers. But I guess this is because we had this and also because we made it visible. If you look on my LinkedIn profile, you'll see that I'm very openly a feminist. I'm really openly into diversity and inclusion. And I think it's really important because when you are from a minority, whatever it is, the first thing you do before applying to a job, I do it myself, is looking, hey, are there people that are looking like me? Is it a safe place? And you look for things that could bring you reinsurance. So just assuming as a company that it's not a bad, bad thing to be open to diversity and inclusion is the, maybe one of the first action. 
So there were this at my own level, and today we have very diverse team at Payfit in the design team, but still at the company level, I was frustrated because there were still a lack of diversity in the engineering side, in some different side. It really depends on which department we are talking about. So I kept going on speaking with the founders. And I was really frustrated because they were really open-minded, but at the same time, things did not change. I was talking with the chief people officer, with the HR, and we were all agreed that we wanted to do more, but nothing was happening. And I was, again, like in the past, burning my energy into that. So at some point, I gave up. I was like, okay, there is nothing I can do. Uh, maybe it's too big for me. Maybe uh, it's a full-time job. Um, maybe I'm hitting the limits. And then I will just focus on my team because once you have a lot of diversity, it's all about inclusion. We could talk about it during hours, but inclusion is an entire topic. It's not about just hiring people that are different and you throw them in a, in a room and just imagine they're going to properly collaborate. You have to create an inclusive um, workspace and it's a true job. So I focused on that with, with my, my team. And um, one day we changed our VP engineering. So there are Amal Kedzami who joined us. Um, probably the best uh, engineering leader I've ever worked with. And 100% surely the more um, invested in diversity person I've worked with too. And so Amal joined the company. And when she arrived at Payfit, she had the exact same reaction as I had when I joined Payfit. She looked at her colleague at the engineering team and she was like, how is it possible that the ratio of women is so uh, small? So she came to me and said, hey, Leah, what's the problem? Uh, people are really care, very nice, but still there is no diversity in my uh, team, in engineering team. So I say, yeah, I know. We talked about it uh, thousands of times with the founders, but nothing changed. I don't know. Uh, and I was a bit frustrated. And she said, no, 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 we can't give up. Let's go. We, we have to find a way. So she motivated me and she gave me the energy to go back to reopen the topic. And so we went back again to the founders and they said, okay, well, first um, help us to understand uh, if this is truly an important topic for you, help us to better get what you are talking about. So we create for them a lot of content about um, what uh, allyship is and what does it mean to be a good ally. Uh, as a founder, how to not be pat too paternalist. Um, as a young white man founder, how can you work on your own privilege and, uh, and understand what are all the unconscious biases you're going to have because of where you are coming from? And they were super open-minded. They did the workshop within them, the exercises within them. They read all the, the articles at until the point they understood what we were talking about. And so their reaction was, okay, go to the, um, to the um, chief people officer the ch and the chief of staff and check with them uh, what strategy and action plan we can set in place for real. So we're like, okay, we have the green light from the founder. It's, it's happening. We're going to work hand in hand with, uh, 
with the HRs. So we came to the C chief people officer and what she told us is fantastic. You want to work in diversity and inclusion, 100% with you girls. So now uh, what's the plan? Make us an action plan. So we went back to work and we were during weeks and weeks on our free time on what should be um, a true diversity and inclusion strategy for PFIDs. And as Amal is an African woman, I, I have my own intersection, as I was saying at the beginning. We have a very intersectional approach and we wanted to find a systemic approach also. What does it mean? We, we thought that PFID should not say, hey, we want to have more women and then more uh, color-skinned people and then more LGBT people and then more valid people because it would take 200 years before having diversity. So we wanted the company to question the system itself. How do we hire? Where are we losing? Where, where are the blocker for more diversity on the hiring process? How do we onboard? Is the onboarding of the company truly inclusive? Um, what about the team building? Is it truly inclusive to have only have to work on the Thursday night? If you're a parent, how do you do that? Are we inclusive when we have a Zoom call every day and in fact everyone is Paris-based except one player in the team? How do you include this person? So we, we wanted to have an impact on strong pillar of the company and basically, this is the entire strategy we built. So we built that, we presented to the, the chief of staff, chief people officer, uh, and thinking, okay, we did the job. Now they, they have the entire roadmap. They just have to uh, invest the resources, the means, and we're going to see a change. And the answer was, great, you have the strategy. Now how are you going to do the action? Go find employees who are going to do what you are proposing. And again, it was about us to, came, to come from the solution. And so until the point that we get very tired with this topic and again gave up to focus only on our teams. And uh, again, big frustration because it, it's a very, it was more complex than what we were expecting. The, you always have some uh, blockers First, it's your colleagues that are not open enough to the topic. And once you have colleagues that are caring and open-minded, then you have to convince the founders. But even if the founders are open-minded, then it's about the HR. And even if the HR wants to uh, uh, do a change, then you to make a change, then it's about having the means and the resources. And so we were starting to understand that, in fact, it, it needs a, a true team. It's a topic that should be addressed as any company topic. As when you, you are recruiting talent acquisition manager for recruitment, basically you should have a diversity and inclusion team if you want for a company that is like Payfit today, 1,000 people in four different countries. Definitely you need a team, two people working. It's an, a full-time job. And so we game up and say with them all, okay, they have the strategy. Let's see what's gonna, going to happen. And the company brings some change, really. They, they did their best. They, they made, from my point of view, it's not enough. 
But I saw a change. We saw more diversity arriving in the team. We saw many things arriving. And some things, I don't know, having um, non-gender toilets at the office, many little things like this. But by addition, this is what, when you have more and more and more and more, this is how you create, at the end, um, uh, an inclusive workspace. So we saw change, but it was not going fast enough from our point of view. So we finally focus on our own teams. And um, and re since the past month, I think I was mainly focusing on my own design department and trying to see how can we be as inclusive as possible. But the good things with diversity and inclusion is that every time you are tired and it's normal to be tired with those kind of topic, there are other people who arrive. So like the first time when I gave up with Payfit, then Amal arrived and gave me energy. We work on it and then we gave up. And then there were Ines Sally, who is our head of product uh, uh, in France, and she's really into diversity and inclusion. And so at her own level, again, in her own project department, she set in place many things to have more diversity in the recruitment. She's really attentive to uh, how things are going and so on. So we, we saw that every time uh, uh, someone stopped working on that, there are other people. Uh, who are arriving. And um, and finally, something magical happened. It's you, Chelsea. Until the day like, when we get in touch, I discovered that, yeah, finally, we just hired someone full-time dedicated to diversity and inclusion. So it's happening. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm glad to see that. And this is how we get into recording this kind of podcast, being able to say the worldwide that, yeah, you can come at PayFit, you will be welcome, come as you are, and so on. So I'm, I'm more than happy to see that finally it's a company topic that is um, seriously and professionally addressed. Uh, still, I'm waiting to see uh, what you're going to do, Chelsea. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Thank you, Leah. And I think, uh, you know, don't underestimate the part uh, the, your, the role you played in, in my arrival because what I love about you and what I love about Amal and the, the other kind of ambassadors around diversity and inclusion who I've met at PayFit is that you set really high standards around diversity and inclusion. You want PayFit to be the best, not just the best in France, not just the best of scale-ups, but really the best on this topic. And for me, it's really motivating because that's why I joined PayFit to work on this topic is I wanted us to go far. And I think what you've done, it's incredible in your team because you, you say we can do better, we can do better, and it's because you have a high standard of excellence and that's why you're so, you're so great at your job. But you, when you joined your team, you were the only woman. And as you said today, today there are about more women in the team than men. And if you look at the market, it's about 30% women. It's a huge accomplishment. And I think it's a reminder for our listeners of the role of what one person can do, especially if that person is in a leadership role. So thank you. That's what I want to say is thank you for all of you've, you've done. And I think you touched on a few key points too, which is that PayFit has an incredible capacity to listen and take a step back and say, what can we do better? And I've had conversations with the founders as well, and they are so lucid about uh, where the company needs to be more diverse, how their own experiences influence their view. And because they're able to take a step back and kind of 
self-criticize uh, uh, either themselves or the situation and recognize their strengths, their weaknesses, it, it allows for change to happen. And it allows for change to happen much more quickly than in environments that are kind of hesitant to look at the areas of improvement. So I think that capacity to listen has really helped PayFit. I think there is a pitfall to avoid that you mentioned, which is when companies have a strong capacity to listen to individuals who want to bring change, it's very good, but we need to remind ourselves to not rely on those people individually to bring the change because people as you mentioned, you have your own team, you have your own priorities, and so you can bring up needs, but you might not necessarily have the capacity uh, in your roadmap of your activities to also address that topic. And so I think, as you said, they've listened because I've arrived two months ago, um, and it's a good start, but it's a pitfall around diversity and inclusion is it's important for companies to listen to people who are saying we need to improve in this area, but for the next step, it usually needs to be put in place or co-constructed uh, with a dedicated team. Um, maybe just in, to touch on also, Leah, what would you say are kind of the main benefits you've seen since putting in place uh, diversity and inclusion actions in your team? Yeah, there are so many, uh, in fact. Uh, I mentioned that at the beginning a bit, but the first thing is the creativity and innovation. Basically, if you hire only people who think the same way, coming from the same design school, having the same uh, mindset, same age, coming from the same country, blah, 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 what may happen is that when someone has an idea and thinks it's a good idea, because everyone is thinking the same way, they will all think it's a great idea, uh, rather than challenging uh, it and they can came up with limited creativity limited innovation capacity but when you have 10 very different designers with extremely different uh, social background culture uh, and so on what will happen is that they will bring you 10 very different and creative solutions to a single problem and they will be able to challenge each other and this is how at the end you are able to bring with um, a customer experience that will be more human, more user-centric and so on. The second thing is uh, related to the excellence and the emulation you create in the team. Because what we try to do at PayFit is hire people who are complementary. So we will look for a designer that is really good in quantitative data usage. Another one who will be really into user research and know how to properly interview people. Another one who will be excellent in UI design. And so in the team, they know that if they have hard skill, they can share their knowledge with others and train others. And they know that if they need an, an art skill they don't uh, manage properly, there will always be someone in the team who can share that with them. So in the team, we have a lot already of coaching, training that we are doing ourselves with each other. Or also as a manager, during performance reviews, for example, it happened really often that we say to a player, okay, you have a lack on this specific uh, skills area. Hey, there is this other guy in the team who has it. Just go and ask if you could just share knowledge during a few weeks. Um, and so this is how the team is 
continuously growing and reaching for more excellence just because they are nurture each other. Um, the other thing is that basically it's very inspiring. People inspire each other just because of this complementarity again. It has also a very huge benefits in terms of hiring um, because you are addressing a bigger market when you are open to diversity. And also it has, a, I don't know if the, the expression exists in English, the snowball effect. It does. Uh, okay. So when you hire uh, a woman, two women, and they get into women communities, they will talk to others and your company will be perceived as uh, women friendly. If you're part of the LGBTQ plus uh, community, it's going to be the same. If on the pictures of your team there is obviously people with different skin color um, it will just show that yes it's okay you can be part of the team and so um, it's about there are visible criteria but they are also all your mindset as a designer um, and um, basically it like creates people know it's a design is a small community so the more you are inclusive the more you're open-minded, the more people know it in the company. And so it come to a point where they are um, up, they are applying to the company because of this uh, kind of value. And there is also an effect on the retention. In tech industry, currently it's particularly difficult to retain talents. Every one of two years they are leaving. Um, and the thing is, when you have diversity in a team, people know that they have their own value they are bringing to the team, but they know also that they will learn from the others. And this creates a kind of kindness, but also very exciting environment that is super engaging. So um, we have people in the team that are here since more than three years uh, in the design department, which is a very good set. We exist since three years. This is why it's our maximum. So we created the department three years ago and we still have people who were there from the beginning of the uh, design creation. And finally, the last thing uh, is the wellness of the people. People are less stressed when they know that they are working with uh, co-workers that are open-minded and inclusive, that they can be themselves at work. Uh, kindness is a true hard skill, uh, I think, in, a, in the work environment. I totally agree. <laughs> Thank you, Leah. Do you have any other takeaways that you would like to share? Um, yeah, so first takeaway is to question yourself, maybe. Uh, I think it's really the starting point. Question yourself as an individual, uh, then as a leader, as a founder, as a manager, whatever. It's about thinking, what are my privilege? What are my biases? Uh, what are my blind spots? Uh, what is my way to look at the world and look at others? In my team, what is missing? Is there, why, is there people that are all coming from the same school? Do they have all the same kind of hobby? Maybe there is a lack of diversity. So just analysis uh, your own mechanism conscious or unconscious work on yourself and try to learn and I really think that feminism is a very good way of observing that um, and this observation is this questioning ourselves is important to identify lever of action if we want to be more di have more diversity and inclusion and uh, maybe the last thing is about out yourself if you are a diversity and inclusion ally tell it to the worldwide uh, because uh, this is how people who are coming from any kind of minority or atypical background will know that if they work with you, it's going to be okay. 
Absolutely. As the episode closes, I would like to thank you, Leah, for joining us today and thank you all for listening. I would also like to make another call to action in addition to Leah's really good call to action, and that is if you work in a company and if you are a manager, think about what you could do to foster diversity and inclusion in your team. You can use some of the many examples that Leah has given you today. If you're not a manager, please don't hesitate to bring up new ideas around diversity, equity, and inclusion to share with your management. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you, Leia. This was the PayFit podcast by PayFit, hosted by Chelsea Boren. Voiceover was done by Taymor Ismail. Recording and production were directed by Capsule Factory with Mathieu Monjotin and Camille Bichler. Original music was composed by Slow Jane.